This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Before we begin this episode, I want to comment that I am sorry about the jumpy audio quality. Audacity kept freezing up while recording this. I managed to salvage as much of the audio as I could. So bear with me, I'm sorry. Future episodes will be recorded using a different audio program. This is one of a few episodes who got affected while we were batch recording. Those responsible for this issue have been sacked. Now, onward. Welcome to a very special episode of Make America Grape Again. I'm your host, Cody Burkett, the wine monk. And I'm not. Today, we're not doing a wine. Psych! Uh, we're actually drinking a whiskey from Wyoming because Gary couldn't find any wines from. Ken- <laughs> Why did I say Kentucky? Because we're drinking a bourbon. Yeah, we'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, but Gary couldn't find any wine made in Wyoming from Wyoming grown grapes there because he was told that no one grows, and Wikipedia has told us that that's a lie. Wikipedia says there are approximately 30 growers that, quote, contribute to the industry and vary in size and location. And the size of total planted acres in Wyoming is 35. The largest vineyard produced 6,000 gallons, I believe. 3,000 gallons. 3,000 gallons. Wow, I went and double, doubly estimated that. And I guess the leading association is the... Wyoming Grape and Wine Association. So if anyone from the Wyoming Grape and Wine Association is listening and wants to rectify this so that I can talk about an actual legitimate Wyoming wine, I would love to talk to you. So please reach out and send me an email. We'll get on that later. But we're talking bourbon. Yes, today we have the Wyoming Whiskey Small Batch Bourbon Whiskey. I'm told this is from the second production run. Bottled on 81417, batch number 46. And judging by the amount of it that is no longer in this bottle, I have enjoyed it immensely. Yes, this is my my first taste of it and aroma of it. It's got that very classic bourbon character, which is a lot of that is imparted by American oak, I'm guessing. Correct. Some of it is definitely corn-based. Tell us about bourbon. What constitutes bourbon, Gary? So I know... Of the two of you listening right now, one of you is like, wait, bourbon from Wyoming? That can't happen. Bourbon has to be from Kentucky. And that is not the case. In order for something to legally be labeled as bourbon, it has to be made in America with at least 51% corn, distilled to... Shit, I can't remember the distilled... uh, Percentage? Percentage. It's lower than most other things, though, which retains a lot of flavors from the original brew. And then it's aged in new charred oak barrels. So it doesn't even have to be American oak? Last I heard, it does not. Huh. But they do have to be brand new and they have to be charred, not toasted. Huh. I had always assumed that bourbon was an American oak and non-bourbons were French or other oaks. So that's actually a, a new thing for me. Well, if you think of the history of bourbon coming from... Bourbon County, Kentucky, and that area. What kind of oak do you think they had access to? American. Yeah. Sorry. American! Yeah. So, 
it makes a lot of sense that it would stylistically start with American. I have not researched the actual government wording on this, but I mean, who knows? Someone knows. Rose might know. She might. You should message her. I should. I'm not going to, but I should. Because <laughs> by the time she replies, this will be over. So. But we'll at least know. True. I'll talk to her. I really dig this. It's got this really rich, nutty vanilla character that is just really satisfying. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic whiskey. I have enjoyed it immensely. Even... I would say especially in the snow in Wyoming while camping out there when I picked it up. There's nothing quite like taking a scoop of fresh snow in a glass and pouring local whiskey over it. The closest we've come to that today is pouring it over a Death Star. Yep. Which is actually not bad either. Absolutely. So a lot of those flavors then are coming from the charring rather than the oak then. Correct. As well as that the flavors that are inherent in that bourbon before it's in oak, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think I've ever tasted like raw bourbon. Is that even the word for it? Uh, it's generally called white dog whiskey because it's not aged, so it's not bourbon yet. And also on top of that, it, it's clear because that color is coming from the oak too. Correct. So if you go to any distillery that's going to produce a bourbon, they'll be able to pour you a taste of the white dog that made it and you'll be able to taste it and see the what is from before the aging and what comes from the aging so what flavors are typically associated with uh, this white dog whiskey before it's aged to become a bourbon so i don't drink a lot of it and to be honest it's been a long time since i've had one so I'm not really the guy to ask. I prefer to just go down to the liquor store and buy a bottle of bourbon. Because it's easy, it's cheap, and it's pretty good usually. This bottle was not easy to come by, nor was it cheap, but it's still pretty good. Would you say that bourbon, like wine up to a certain extent, you do get what you pay for? No. Well, I mean, to a certain extent. There are some fantastic bourbons in the 10 to $15 range. And there are some really shitty ones in the 50 plus dollar range. Would you be willing to share some examples? Uh, Because I know very little about bourbon. I won't go into the shitty high-end ones because I feel like if you're going to go and look for a bourbon in that range, you're probably going to be at a place where you can taste through some examples and you're going to be talking to someone who's very knowledgeable about the specific inventory they've got. But as far as really good inexpensive bourbons shit what was the one i usually go to evan williams is pretty damn tasty sam grant's like nine bucks a bottle and it's perfectly drinkable it's not great but it's drinkable um old crow is good especially at 20 bucks for a handle ancient ages is fantastic and that's last time i bought it was like 16 bucks for a handle Ancient Ages makes me think of this particular title for an icon that's now more or less considered heretical in Orthodox circles called the Ancient of Days, where you have God depicted as an old man, Jesus, of course, as Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit as a dove, and they're all sitting like the the two, Jesus and, and God as old man, are sitting next to each other, and then the dove is above them, but that was kind of deemed heretical, and there was one of those icons 
at seminary that would be taken from the door and put in people's doorways so that when they open the door inwards, the first thing they would see is this icon go, ah! <laughs> One of the few good moments of, of from seminary. I really dig this. And I'm not a huge bourbon guy, as you know. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer whiskeys and old school whiskeys and scotches and single malts that are like scotches more than bourbon. But that's just how I roll. This is also the first podcast we've recorded where there's ice clinking in our glasses. true because you should never ever put ice in your wine ever i will counter that by saying when it was 110 degrees outside in pierce this year when it usually doesn't get much above 100 and my rv's air conditioner broke i would put wine in the freezer until it was about to freeze pour it into a glass and it would already be warming up so i would put whiskey stones in it Whiskey stones, however, are not ice, and here's the important they are, caveat. They are not ice, but I have stooped to saying, all right, this is a cheap, shitty wine, and it's hot as fuck outside, and I just want something cold. That's not water. And I have done it. And it sucks, yeah. But then, if you've got some tonic water laying around, maybe a bit of lime, you mix those into it, and you've got yourself a nice little spritzer. Spritzers are different than full-on 100% wine without additives, though. And the whiskey stones aren't going to water down your wine as they melt. Correct. There is the, therein lies a key difference. Also, rosé thrown in the freezer just before the frozen point is hella good. I've done it. Uh-huh. But that's, again, different from putting ice in a wine. So I'm countering your countering by saying that you're not putting ice in your wine. But technically. I, <laughs> but I have done it when... Desperate times have called for desperate measures. Okay, I'll give you that. Desperate times do require desperate measures. Looking at this bottle, when it says uh, proof, uh, what the hell is proofing? What is that for? In modern days, proof is simply the alcohol content multiplied by two. So why do we need to do that when you can just list the alcohol percentage? In olden days, before we had... I mean, I don't know if they had access to ways to measure specifically the alcohol content at that point, but it was a way of telling how much alcohol was in a beverage by mixing it with gunpowder and igniting it. And if it would stay lit, it was at least 50% alcohol and slash or 100 proof. Huh. So it was considered to be proven that it is alcohol. Okay. So before we close, I'm going to look at the back of this bottle here of the Wyoming whiskey. The bourbon frontier has moved west to the Rocky Mountains, Wyoming, where high country winds throw through fields of wheat, corn, and barley, where water from glaciers waits in deep limestone aquifers, and where this whiskey is made by hand without shortcuts or compromise to create, to create small batch bourbon with the right to be called Wyoming's whiskey. This has matured in charred white oak barrels, so American oak in this case, I'm assuming. I, French oak is not uh, called white oak, if I'm mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I should say. I really don't know. That's a different species. Now, the species of oak that's used in Hungarian oak is the same species as French oak, but it's not white oak, I don't think. I could be wrong. 
I'm not a botanist. And the botanist doesn't know either, so don't be howling at me. Oh, I paused for laughter and there was none. <laughs> but on that note, uh, we're going to sip and enjoy this whiskey a little bit. See you next time. See you next time. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at greaterthanwines on Facebook at facebook.com slash greater than wines and by email at greater than wines at gmail.com. <laughs>